In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As parents, we all know how important it is to have good conversations with our kids, especially about the big things in life. If you've wondered how to get started, let me recommend Between Us Guys by Joel Fitzpatrick. It's a great conversation guide for dads and sons. And for moms and daughters, check out Between Us Girls by Trish Donahue. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Pastor Stephen Smallman. Steve is retired from over 50 years in pastoral ministry. He's previously served as adjunct faculty for Covenant and Westminster Theological Seminaries. He's also written several books, including Beginnings. It's a book about how to understand our experience of the new birth. He's also written one of my favorite books called The Walk, Steps for New and Renewed Followers of Jesus. If you don't know this book, you should pick it up. It's a great book, whether you're new to the Christian faith or have been a Christian your entire life love this book. Steve lives near Philadelphia with his wife, Sandy. They have four grown children, 11 grandchildren, and one great grandchild. Congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here with you. Steve, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. I've appreciated your ministry in my own life uh, via your books for some time. So I look forward to hearing what passage you have for us today. Well, I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verses um, 16 and 17. Paul is is really speaking about praying for those Christians, and he writes, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That, so it's not just I'm praying for you in some general sense, but he now is quite specific about what he prays for. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that's Ephesians 1, 16 and 17. So Dr. Smallman, why did you pick these verses? How did they become important to you? This verse is really what I would have to say is the foundation of my whole life and ministry. Hmm. It goes back actually to time when I went away to college as a brand new believer. I didn't come to faith until I was 16 years old and out of a non-religious background. Hmm. In fact, I've always tried to keep that in mind. A lot of people like me that don't have much background and they're starting from scratch. Right. But uh, as a new believer, you want to do everything that is pleasing uh, to God. And I was very zealous to be the very best Christian I could possibly be. And I became convinced that there was some experience waiting for me from by the Holy Spirit that would deliver me from this uh, sinful struggle that I was always seemed to be in. And would, in fact, uh, elevate me to being some kind of a Christian, not sinless, to be sure, but in some some higher level of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I was praying, I think you could say, for an experience. Yeah. And uh, the more I prayed, it seemed the more elusive that became. Fortunately, along with praying for that experience, I was reading my Bible, and uh, I have a very distinct memory of coming to this uh, first uh, chapter of Ephesians and reading this verse. Uh, You notice, again, that Paul says, I'm praying for you. Right. Aha, an alert. If if I'm praying, why don't I start praying the way Paul prays Mm. instead of what I want? 
And uh, in fact, Paul is very specific what he prays for, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hmm. So here I was praying for an experience. Paul is praying for knowledge Hmm. that you would know him. And effectively saying, do you know what what you already have in Christ? I wanted something more. And Paul said, effectively, I'm praying that you would know what you already have. Wow. He goes on and prays this, even in the next verse, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know. And then he goes on to uh, describe uh, what it is he wants. So basically, uh, you know, a lot of people look back and say, I started off on the wrong path. I had to redirect my whole understanding and so forth. I'm thankful to say, This is kind of how I started my Christian journey was to realize I needed to be praying that I would know Christ, that I would come into a deeper knowledge of who my father was, who my savior was. Uh, It was all there. I just needed to, to get a hold of it and grasp it. So that makes all the difference, right, of where the deficiency is. In the previous way of thinking, the deficiency, we thought, was that we needed to have something we didn't have. But Paul is saying the deficiency is we're not taking advantage of what we already do have. That's perfect, yeah. And interestingly, you know, when we describe what it means to be a Christian, one way to define it is that it's a person who knows Christ. Hmm. So here's Paul praying for those who know Christ, that they would know Christ. <laughs> and and actually, I, I During those years, I went on and began preparing for the ministry, and I actually took the Greek language, and I found out that this word for know in this particular passage is a a little different word. We get our word knowledge from this Greek word, but and it's it's gnosis is typically what it is, but this word is literally epinosis. Hmm. You hear about earthquakes, you know, the epicenter of the earthquake, it's the center of the center. Hmm. So here is knowing at the center of knowing. It's a deeper profound kind of knowing. And this is the same thought that Paul has right in Philippians, where he's been a Christian for decades, and still he's praying that I might know Christ. Exactly. So it's sort of like an avalanche. All of a sudden, the the floodgates open, and I began seeing this. In fact, all four of the, what we call the prison epistles of Paul, which are Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, a little book of Philemon, all begin with this same pattern. Hmm. I'm praying for you. And when you look at what he prays for, it's always knowing. And the knowing is always this epignosis, this more intense kind of knowledge. So how does someone know if this prayer has been answered? Well, in one sense, it never will be. You know, knows you're always going to be going deeper in. But I think that this is not just something sort of intellectual or abstract or theological, whatever you want to say. In, in fact, there's another text probably we can wait for another podcast to talk about where Paul is praying this same prayer in Colossians, but this time he says, I'm praying this in order that you might walk. Hmm. So it's a it's a knowing that leads to doing, I guess you'd say. But uh, the first step, and this is something that I've had to go back to over and over and over through the years, is you know making sure that, that I'm really praying regularly, Lord, I want to know you. And that seems like not enough busyness, but this is actually where, where the scripture goes over and over and over. So let's say there's a family in a car and they're listening to this and there's some elementary age kids in the back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how old, how old all your grandchildren are at this stage. But if let's say you've got some elementary age grandchildren at least some point in your life yep. and you're wanting to explain this verse to them. Sure. What would you say? What would be your heart for them? That it's a simple prayer. Jesus, I want to know you. And uh, but when he's answered that prayer, what do you pray? 
Jesus, I want to know you. Because it's not like we ever come to, it's just like when you get married, you come to know your wife or you know your husband. But do you? I've just been married. I just had my 58th wedding anniversary. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. So uh, you'd think I'd know my wife by now, but uh, we keep discovering things about that we don't know about each other. Actually, I'm looking in my, in my wall right now because my favorite hymn, and um, maybe you know these words, but it's Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. That's sort of the starting place, the resting. And then we talk about the doing. Well, I am so thankful for this reminder. And really, it's always a timely reminder to point us back to the fact that we are made to live in relationship with Jesus Christ. And all of us need to be praying that we would know him better. Thank you for this great reminder. So you mentioned a prayer a minute ago. Would you disclose our time by praying this verse for our listeners? Lord, help us to pray those prayers that you want us to pray, that we would know. And yet, Lord, we feel that is just the beginning. So I pray that you would lead us step by step into a deeper and deeper knowing of who Jesus is. And out of that knowing, there will come the doing, the walking. But we want to live for the glory of Jesus. Help us to start here. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greats of thy loving heart. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.